1: Hey, Alex here, and today we're going to continue our series with Chris Hansen, retired IBM employee who's lived free from the working world by using his knowledge of the stock market. Enjoy the episode. Now, on your, in your podcast, right, Investing from the Beach, you talk about operating systems, right? Can you just explain to us what operating systems are and why you think it's, it's so mm-hmm. important to investing? I mean, we've probably touched on it a little bit already today, but just kind of give us a definition
0: of that. So think of it this way. the <clears throat> Somebody listening is thinking, hey, I'm listening to this. Some of your listeners are, are listening because maybe they want to learn about stock market. Other people are learning because they want to know how to get to freedom and whether that is the stock market route, the real estate route, uh, selling stuff on Amazon, whatever it may be, they're looking for one of those. And then suddenly they're thinking about, okay, what I can do is I can go, you know, set up some digital store and do this storefront and I'll buy some cheap stuff from China and it'll drop ship through Amazon. Everything will be cool. And somebody says, yeah, that's, not, hey man, do you hear about Dogecoin? Oh, what? Dogecoin. What's that? And so now you're
1: over <laughs> looking at That's how it. they respond to it. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's exactly
0: what respond. it is. Oh, crypto, Bitcoin? Oh my God. It was $7,000 a year ago. Now it's $6,000. And they just, the the speed of of, of, uh, talking goes way up. Their eyes light up. Um, And now they're looking at that and they completely forget about setting up their Amazon store. And so what they do is they're drawn by greed, they're drawn by the the lure of potential easy money. And that to me is an app. So if I'm talking to you and say, hey, Alex, man, I've got this awesome app on my phone. And it does this and this and this and this and this. You go, oh, dude, that sounds great. What What's it called? You say, well, wh- have you got an iPhone or Android? Oh, I got an Android. Oh, sorry, man. It's iPhone only. And so it doesn't fit your operating system. Too bad or so sad, too bad, whatever the heck the saying is, right? Too bad, so sad. And so you, the first thing you got to ask is, boy, that's a, before you even talk about it, what does it run on? Does it run on Android? Does it run on an Apple? And if it fits your operating system, then cool. You want to know more about the app, but if the app doesn't fit it, you don't care. And so what people get wrapped up in when it comes to money is they'll hear the latest and greatest whatever. And that to me is an app, whether it's crypto, whether it's, you know, doing real estate, flipping real estate, they want to be a wholesaler a retailer, a salesperson, whatever in real estate. They want to do options in the stock market. They want to do buy and hold. They want to do dividend. There's all kinds of strategies in the stock market. Same thing. It's all apps. And the apps are irrelevant if you don't know what your operating system is. And so what you want to think of when I say operating system, it's a number of things. What are you trying to do? Is your goal to make money quick? Cool. Then you probably don't want to do these things. Maybe look at this. But if your goal is to make money quick, you're probably better off getting a job. Because if you invest it, you don't know what you're doing. There's always the chance of loss, <clears throat> and yet somebody who knows what they're doing say, "Chris, you got to make some money quick." I'm comfortable; I could do it, but I've got years of experience in doing this. I know what I'm looking for, and the if I make a wrong choice, a wrong trade, it's not working in my in the direction I expected. I'm okay taking a small loss and go find the next one. And using the prom queen, have you ever when you asked somebody out when you were younger? Did anyone ever say no? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) And so, but did that stop you from asking the next girl? No. No. You just you try it again. And you might have to change your approach, right? You know, you smile or whatever it is. But like it doesn't knock you flat. Like, okay, let me go ask the next one. Or you change your change your strategy, go ask her again, right? If that's really the one that you're pursuing, then great. You know, you get rejected once, so what? You know. Um, and so it's the same thing in the stock market, you're going to have things that don't work, but I, the, <clears throat> I, I use the analogy sometimes in the stock market where once you know how to do this, I equate it, i describe described this to people. It's like the, I can use a good analogy or a, a like, Oh, this is offensive. Let me use the good one. Um, the cheetah is the fastest animal on the plains of Africa, fastest animal in the world. It can outrun anything. And what it does for its next meal, it doesn't just see a herd of animals and start chasing it. And it can take down the leader of the strongest one. It doesn't do that. It's lazy. <clears throat> what it does instead is goes hides. it goes and hides out at the watering hole. And if you've ever been on the plains of Africa, when the animals show up, um, There'll be a watering hole. The sun starts to drop down. And it's the quintessential picture you see with that, the weird looking African tree, not a Mopani, I don't know what it's called, but anyway, whatever the type of tree is, you've seen it all over the place. And the sun sets, it's a huge, massive sun. And you can see the cheetah kind of hanging out in the grass, the tall, tall brown weeds and the animals come walking up. And what they do is they'll send a couple of them in to be sure the coast is clear. So you got the wildebeest or the gazelle coming in. And a few of them walk in, they look around and they're jumpy to be sure there's no predators nearby. And the cheetah knows not going to chase those because those are the strong ones, right? The scouts, they don't send the weak injured ones out. They send the strong, quick ones because they have to dart back and they somehow signal to the herd that the coast is clear and the rest of the herd slowly comes in and they all get to the watering hole. And usually what'll happen is the gazelle will surround the babies. And the babies get in, they get a drink and the moms surround them. The dads are standing guard nearby. And then the males will step in and they'll drink. And they're like knee deep in this water. It's gross stuff, but they drink it. What does the cheetah do? The cheetah sits there and it eyes the herd and it can tell, oh, there's the baby. Oh, that one's injured. That one's limping. And that one looks sick. And so the cheetah eyes the babies, the injured, the sick. And now what the cheetah does is it takes off running. And the herd scatters and the cheetah goes after the injured, the maimed, the sick, and it grabs one of them. And now most of the time, we've all seen this on National Geographic or on YouTube. You can see this happening all the time. The cheetah takes it down and goes and has, excuse me, has a meal. Every once in a while, the herd will turn back around or the one that it's going after will fight back. And the cheetah does not expect the, the potential prey to fight back. This happens in human stuff too. And so that predator gets beaten and the the gazelle goes on and goes on to live another day, probably get eaten by the cheetah the next day, but at least he's got another 24 hours on earth. And, but what does the cheetah do? The cheetah? Well, if it's a human cheetah, what the human cheetah does is they sit around and they mope and they cry and they whine, they bitch, they complain and they call the cheetah psychologist and they spend 100 or 200 bucks an hour and they call the cheetah psychologist and go, oh my God, I'm not worth the cheetah spots. I'm a horrible person. I can never do this again. Woe is me. I suck. Everything's bad. Right? Wah, wah, wah. Um, And they hug the cheetah pillow and they, they cry on the cheetah couch. But what the real cheetah does, the real cheetah picks themselves up, they dust themselves off, and they go back in and they sit in the grass and they wait for the next victim to come by. And then they go do the same thing again. And in the the human side of it, the the trader, if you will, the investor, you're going to have trades that don't work. That's okay. They're not all going to work. You got to be okay with that. And then you get back in there. And I've said this to people and they look at me like I'm nuts. When I do a trade, I expect to win. And I, I don't know if, the, if I'm going to get a huge, if I'm going to eat a baby, a small bite, or if I'm going to get a big, massive, big old fat gazelle and you'll be able to chew on that for a while. I have no idea. But I expect to win, and so I, I walk in the market with the attitude I'm a predator, and the market maker is going to lose. And I, I'm not always, i do don't—I don't always have 100% winners; far from it. But I walk in with the attitude: when the cheetah takes off running, do you think he goes? Oh, I don't think I'm really going to catch the animal. <laughs> the cheetah goes. Ex- he, but he know, he expects to out because he knows he can outrun him. He expects to take down the injured one or the baby, and sometimes it doesn't work. But he doesn't sit and mope about it. It's like, oh, that one got away, okay? Just like when you get turned down when you ask the girl out. Go get back in the grass and go ask the next one. And so in trading-wise, I, I walk in there with the mindset of a predator. I expect to win. Um, and it doesn't always happen. And it's not—it's this weird balance between, it's not arrogance. It's this confidence because I've done it enough. Um, and I know it's not going to be 100%, but if I don't expect to win, I don't do the trade. So if I'm ever unsure, I don't do the trade, but I, I look at that's going to work, but that takes a long time to build up to, but that's also, you're saying, well, how do you, you know, if you lost everything, could you earn it back? That's how you earn it back. Cause you, you learn to initially when you're learning something, you don't have any idea what you're doing. So you have to learn the rules and then you have to learn to trust the methodology. And that takes, well, you just have to do the same thing over and over and over to the point that it's boring. And you see this in sports all the time, right? Every February, all the professional baseball teams go back to spring training and they start fielding ground balls just like they did when they were seven and eight years old. And yet, players are being paid millions of dollars a year and they start back doing the basics. You see this in basketball, any sport you want, they all do that. Um, And so you start with the basics, you prove that you can do it, you know that you can. And now when the trade shows up, I expect I'm going to win. And if it doesn't happen, cool. Next trade. I expect I'm gonna win. And if I can't if I don't do the trade, if it's not gonna if I'm not that confident, I'm not doing the trade.
1: That's the and that goes back to what you said about the operating system, right?
0: And it's that ninety five percent how to think.
1: How to think. The cheetah's fast. He knows he's fast, he knows he's got claws and teeth, but ninety five percent
0: of its process is waiting. It's, it's sitting, he, the cheetah gets fat sitting in the grass. You think about it, right? Yeah. just waiting for the little baby and the injured one to come up. And then all I have to do, he's just got to do a sprint and he takes it down. But the reason he was able to get it is where he positioned himself in the grass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, just, uh, just on the line, uh, the cheetah example, I think Eric, Eric Thomas did a. Does a little speech? I don't know if you know who he is. He's a motivational speaker, um, and he taught. He was he talks about the lion all the time. How the lion is a, is the greatest hunter, yep. and I guess somebody commented that, oh, you know, lions sleep for twelve hours a day, and he says, well, that's fine, but in the three in the no, not twelve hours, twenty something hours, and he said that's fine, but with the three hours that are awake, they know how to go get their food.
0: Exactly. Yep. Cheetah, same thing. Right. Yeah. The not the lion might be more vicious, but the cheetah's faster. Cheetah can take down anything, mm-hmm. yet it doesn't waste its time going after the head of the herd. Like, what's the why do you have to get there's no cheetah, you don't get extra credit in cheetah school because you took <laughs> <laughs> the biggest gazelle. Yeah. Right? The baby tastes just as good as the as the big one. Yeah. And it's easier. It's like go for the easy hidden. So
1: uh so we're gonna see so speaking of gazelles and the big one and uh, the little ones, they, there's uh, a, a growing interest. And I know you're a stock guy, right? You make a living off the stock trading. There's a growing interest in cryptocurrency. And cryptocurrency is going to fit into that application part of it, right? Yep. You want to make money. That's the operating system. Crypto is just an app. It's just something that you're going to use to to fulfill that end goal. What What's your opinion on crypto? Does it, does it work like the stock market at all? Do you... Do you pay attention to it at all, or do you spend most of your time in stocks, or what's your opinion?
0: So, to me, anything that has a chart is tradable. And so, Really? Yeah. So, with crypto, and you could do this on Forex, you can do it on currency, you can do it on, on um, commodities. I don't know enough about them to know, you know, there's other factors that come into play when you get into commodities, there's other factors that come into play when you get into Forex. And so, I look at them like I don't need to take the time to learn it. I don't need. There's an intellectual curiosity, but like, why? Because I do not <laughs> I, I don't care about lumber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No in it for me to learn all that stuff. But I can do well in the stock market. So to me, forex or um, commodities is just another app. But what it provides for I do in the stock market. So I don't need to go learn it. Yeah. Crypto. You know, there's there are tickers that mimic crypto. And so you can trade a, I'm going to call it a stock for lack of a better word, but you can trade that, um, that mimics crypto. And so you may not be buying Bitcoin per se, but you're trading a Bitcoin ticker. Yeah. So you can look to do that. But to me, that's the same as trading shares on Tesla or Apple or some oil stock or anything else. And so you can participate in the crypto market that way, um, that to me is probably more appealing. There's another side of it that says from a money management perspective, I'm of the opinion that you keep a small percentage tied up in something that is non-currency based. So you don't want, you want something outside of dollars, whether and you know the bulk of it is going to be in shares. Um, got a whole money management strategy, but you want to look at it and say, what if it were to happen at some point? that the U S dollar is no longer the standard for the world. Yeah. There's a great book around this. It's called, um, uh, creature from Jekyll Island. Oh my God, that book. It's phenomenal, but it's a little dry. If you've never read it. Um, it's probably an inch and a half thick. Um, it's a little bit, it smells a little conspiracy theory esque. So you gotta be able to look through that, but it's fascinating because it gives you the history of the federal reserve bank and if you know anything about it, Federal Reserve Bank, it's not a federal entity. It has no reserves and it's not a bank, but it's the central bank of the U.S. And it's not run by U.S. government. It's its own little separate entity. And this book explains how it came about, what's going on with it, all these little things that you never knew were going on. <clears throat> and especially in this, you know, in the last, we saw a smidge of it with Obama. We saw more of it with Trump. We're seeing even more of it now with Biden with relate without getting to economic stuff that's that's way beyond my my pay grade but you get a more and more words and phrasing are being used about how money is being devalued yeah. you know they're printing out what a trillion and a half to send to whatever they're doing and people go okay I don't really know what that means and and the book will help you understand what that means um the book doesn't give you the answer and it's not a it's not a sad ending. It's not a piss you. It will kind of piss you off because you realize that people don't understand this stuff. But there is no prince that rides in on the white horse to save the princess, right? So it really, it opens your eyes as to what really actually goes on in the, I'm going to call it the financial world, but along the lines of money. And <clears throat> so one of the things that they talk about in there is, and you got to ask yourself this, what if you woke up tomorrow and there was a news story that said the dollar is no longer accepted as the world's reserve currency. Like, what does that really mean? And if you don't know what that means, and you say you're trying to get to freedom, you really should understand about money before you go try and make a bunch of it. Like, what is money? And, you know, how come we don't trade in the uh, the Yuan from China or in a this, uh, British pound or the Swiss franc or the, I don't know, the I can't remember what it's called in vietnam but where the thai bot whatever the different currencies are there how come we don't trade in those and how come the world doesn't accept those as the standard but they accept the u.s dollar and at some point if the u.s dollar is no longer accepted what does that really mean elsewhere in the con- elsewhere in the world outside the u.s people understand the value of precious metals whether that's gold or silver in the u.s we don't understand it Gen- you know it's a broad cast in a broad brush across the population and so you got to look at that and say, if the <clears throat> if you had to travel, let's pick Thailand, for example, you had to travel there and say, well, okay, can I use the US dollar? No, you can't. You've got to you know, tran- or uh, convert it to that country's currency. But could you walk in with gold? Oh, yeah, you could. And they will trade that into whatever number of Thai equivalent bot or whatever the, whatever the currency is called. And so from that perspective, crypto has some interest. Because it could be accepted worldwide. The cha- the the thing I'm, con- I don't say concerned that I still raise my eyebrows at is, do you really think that China is going to let some independent party control their currency?
1: No shot. And the answer
0: is no way in hell. Will no the shot. U.S. allow that? Nope. Does that mean that cryptocurrency is going to go away? I doubt it. I'm, there's there's a need for it. People are seeing the need the the desire for it and the benefit of it. Um, but will it be Bitcoin or will it be, ain't gonna be Dogecoin, but will it be Bitcoin or whatever the latest thing is? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't even want to make a bet yet. Um, but there's enough activity out there where you can trade it if you know how to trade. Yeah. You gotta know how to trade, but so you can trade it. And the question then becomes, could you poke a little bit of money in there and kind of the hope and prayer you can, but you got to ask yourself, are you willing to Would you poke it away for 10 years and see if it turns into something or, and so you have to know anything you buy, you got to know when your exit is. So like to me in the stock market, um, there's always three questions. Everything I do boils down to three to answer one of three questions. It's like, which stock? So, you know, IBM, Microsoft oil stock, it doesn't matter, Tesla, whatever. And then when to buy and when to sell. And everything you do ties in to answer one of those three questions. And so when you get into crypto, if, if you take that same approach, if you say, okay, I want to buy some Bitcoin, like, okay, so there's your what to buy. Now, how do you know when to buy, right? So that's going to be off of a chart or whatever, you know, whatever tea leaves you decide to read or, you know, look at some Ouija board. Um, or now the next question is when are you going to sell? And you say, oh, I'm going to hold it forever, like, and just see what happens. Like, okay, cool. If that's what you want to do. <laughs>
1: It's been. The interview series has been an eye opener for me, and I'm sure many of you listeners. Earning money consistently in stocks was always a a how to do for me, but Chris has made more than a case that how you think about investing is far more important than what you do. And the fact that Chris has been free from work for over 15 plus years only serves as reinforcement of his philosophy. Tomorrow marks the final part of this interview you are going to not only hear Chris's philosophy on news, but also why so many new investors struggle to be successful. Make sure you go back and refresh yourself on this interview at least once a month, starting with part one, and invite a friend. See you tomorrow for part four.